0: Hey everyone, I hope you're having a great day so far today, so the third episode of The Mandalorian just came out And it was absolutely awesome. I really loved it. So for those of you who haven't seen it and don't know about it, you know, turn away right now if you want to watch it on your own because there are going to be spoilers in it. I'm basically going to reveal everything that happened in this episode. For those of you who do want to know or have seen it or can't watch it because you're in Europe somewhere, I feel for you. I'm sorry. But hopefully this breakdown will give some light to what you missed. So, picking up from the last breakdown, I did one and two, and today is going to be episode three. So... The Razorcrest blasts out of hyperspace from Arvala 7, which was the planet that the Mando went to to get Baby Yoda in the first place. He blasts out of it and towards a planet in the Outer Rim. Grief Karga appears as a hologram and says that he's very happy that the Mando has gotten the bounty and that he wants him to deliver it to the client. Baby Yoda peers over his pod, watching what the Mando is doing as he's flying towards the planet. Reaching over, he grabs the knob on his shifter and just... He tries to like take it and play with it where the Mando puts it aside and says that's not a toy as they land the Mando takes baby Yoda through the village where they see all sorts of scum and villainy at the market we see Jawas aliens and merchants selling their goods now you gotta remember this is five years after Return of the Jedi the Empire is no more basically it's kind of like as John Favreau says after the Roman Empire you know there it's kind of lawless at this point So we get loads of cute close-ups of the child. We follow the Mando as he goes to deliver the bounty to the client. As the doors of the facility open, two stormtroopers come out to collect the child. They nod for the Mando to follow them in, and he does so, as they grab the lip of the child's crib. He doesn't like this. The Mando immediately says, easy with that. The trooper tells him, you take it easy. As the doors open, the client and the scientist see them walking through. They scurry to the child and immediately look at it like it's some sort of specimen, which it basically is. The scientist scans it with some red scanner thing, which honestly, while it wasn't at all the same device, it reminded me of how Qui-Gon used that pinprick on Anakin in The Phantom Menace to secretly test his midichlorians and his vitals. I think this device was used to either do what the scientist said, which was to measure its health and vitality, or to maybe measure something else, like its force powers or maybe something inside of it that they needed. And my reasoning for this will come later in this breakdown. As the client rises and takes his eyes off the child, he says, your reputation was not unwarranted. As the Mando asks, how many fobs did you give out, he says, this asset was of extreme importance to me. I had to ensure its delivery. But to the winner go the spoils, as he opens a Camtono of 20 bricks of Beskar, two of which he gives away to the foundlings, eventually. Such a large bounty for such a small package, he says. As the Mando grabs it and examines it, the child floats away out of the room with the scientist, as it cries and stares at him, which I'm sure everyone's heart broke at that scene. The Mando asks him what they're going to do with it, where the music gets all ominous and the client changes his tone, telling him how uncharacteristic of your reputation. That he's taken both the commission and the payment, it's not in the code of the guild to ask anything about the bounty. These events are now forgotten. Which is true, I mean, once a Mando successfully delivers the bounty of a client, all is supposed to be forgotten as per the guild's code. It's not enough that the Beskar is a nice replacement for your armor, as he says. Unfortunately, finding a good Mando in these trying times is more difficult than finding the steel. Which is kind of a big slap and spit in the face. He's, you know, pretty much saying, you were really only chosen because you're a dying breed. Now, get out. So the Mando takes the reward and goes to the Covert to build himself some sick new armor with all that Beskar. However, as he's walking through, all the Mandos start to take eyes on his reward, jealously staring at him. As he brings the bricks of Beskar to the Blacksmith, she tells him that she can shape this in many ways. He says he wants new full armor, where she accepts and tells him it's possible, but warns him that it will draw many eyes. As the Mandos appear behind him like vultures over a meal, the big one grabs a piece of the Beskar and examines the Imperial logo stamped on the metal, telling them all that this Beskar was blood money. It was taken from Mandalore during the Imperial Purge. They start to fight and take out their vibroblades until one eventually were to die, until the blacksmith lady tells them to basically relax and chill, and that they're both fighting on the same team. Our secrecy is our survival. Our survival is our strength. As she says, this is the way, they all repeat. This is the way. They stop fighting, and she decides to give him the insignia of a mudhorn, the beast that destroyed his armor. However, the Mando declines as he says it wasn't an honorable kill, as he had help from his enemy. She asks, why would your enemy help you? He says, it didn't know he was my enemy. Now, I bet you're all wondering, just like me, throughout this whole thing, if baby Yoda, the child, is a boy or a girl. Well, we actually get to find out in this episode, which is pretty cool. I'm going to reveal it in a bit. Let's just keep going in chronological order of events. As she tells him that since he doesn't have an insignia, she'll use the extra metal to forge whistling birds, which are 12 tiny missiles latched onto his wrist that will take down multiple enemies at once, It's basically a variation of wrist rockets, just lots of them and smaller, and in my opinion, a lot more deadly and cool. As she forges the armor, we get some flashbacks of him during the Clone Wars, where we see clankers and separatist ships, clearly showing us that his parents were killed during the wars. They hug him and hide him underground, where he sees a massive explosion flash at the doors that he was just put into, and they open up to reveal a massive clanker aiming its wrist rockets down at him. Now how he's saved from the scene, I don't know, but I'm thinking that a Jedi is going to come and save him right at that moment, and this scene is just building up for that for us to eventually see in a future episode. I think that would be really cool. The next scene is him walking into the cantina with his new full set of Beskar armor. Literally everyone looks at him in jealousy and anger, weighing the Beskar in their minds. As he sits to greet Grief Karga, he asks for the next bounty, very surprised Karga tells him to chill out and relax, even telling him that he'll take him to the Twilight healing baths. The Manda refuses as he grabs the next puck and turns to leave, where he stops dead in his tracks and asks, do you know what they're going to do with it? Grief says, it's against the guild code to ask of such things. He basically just dismisses his concerns and tells him to buy a camtono of Spice. As the Mando leaves to his ship, the Razor Crest, he initiates liftoff where he goes to pull the final lever. Now, this is where it all changes. This was the lever that Baby Yoda, the child, was playing with earlier in the episode, pretty much right at the beginning of the episode. The Mando stops and notices the knob is off, realizing that the child did this. He has a moment, an epiphany, and knows what he has to do. He can't leave without it. They were going to do something terrible to the child and he didn't have a good feeling about it. So he disengages the ship's takeoff, immediately rises and walks out the door. Going to the location of the client, he walks around and goes up on a rooftop, aiming his rifle somewhere to the exterior and turns on his hearing aid, which allows him to hear the client and the scientist talking through the walls. The client says, I don't care extract the necessary material and be done with it. Whereas Dr. Pershing, the scientist, tells him that he has explicitly ordered us to bring it back alive. Now, this makes me completely wonder, who are they taking orders from? Who is he that has explicitly ordered them to bring it back alive? Obviously, it's someone much higher in command, so most probably someone in the Empire as this entire operation seems to be Imperial. "'Finish your business quickly, as I no longer can guarantee your safety,' says the client to the scientist." Now, the client tells him to extract the necessary material, and I'm wondering, what's the material? Is it a device, a weapon, or maybe it's the Force essence within him? Was it planted in there, from Palpatine, or someone, or, or was it organic? Whatever it is, they want it. The way the client walked up to the child upon their first seeing it, pointing the fob towards it to make sure it's really him, made me kind of think that there's something within the child that's being tracked. I mean, obviously they put something in there, you know, either the tracker or something else that the fob is picking up on. Which also makes me wonder, why would the child have a tracker in it at such a young age? Obviously, they planted it in there, as I said, but when they either made him in the lab or captured him if he was alive in the wild somewhere. He walks up and just knocks on the door as the TT-8L-Y7 security droid pops out to see who's there. Standing to the side, he breaks its head off. Vanishing as two stormtroopers walk out, they check the perimeter as to who broke the security droid. The Mando goes around the side and plants a charge on the wall, detonating it and stepping through the new entrance that he made for himself. Stormtroopers rush the area as he just takes them out in his style. Reaching the room of the child, he blasts the door open and sees the scientist standing before the child on a table, with a probe droid of some sorts nearing it. He shoots the droid, Baby Yoda seems sedated or you know, something like that, as the Mando points his blaster now at the cowering scientist who's just crouched in the corner demanding to know what he did to him. The scientist, Dr. Pershing, tells him not to shoot, as it's just a child. This is when the Mando kind of realizes that, all right, maybe, you know, the scientist isn't really all that bad. But did you catch that? The scientist says, don't shoot him. So now we know that Baby Yoda is, in fact, a boy, bringing us one step closer to the Yoda clone theory, which could be possible, or, you know, could just be a theory, as it might just be another Yoda species that we know nothing about. Now, personally, I'm gonna segue, I think it's a clone, because how can all Yoda species be Force-sensitive? Like, we've seen three Yodas in Star Wars, Yoda, Yaddle, and now the child. That's a 100% score for Force-sensitivity out of the three. Anyways, Dr. Pershing tells him don't shoot as he was trying to protect it, that if it weren't for him, it would have died already. The Mando leaves and lets him live, showing compassion towards anything that tries to protect the child. The Mando takes out the remaining stormtroopers with his singing birds as they corner him, and then he uses his flamethrower to literally roast one to just char. As he leaves, we see the cantina filled with bounty hunters, big and small. They're all mopey and sad because the Mando got the bounty and he got all the Beskar and the reward. But, Then, all their pods start to flash red sequentially at random. The Mando is now being hunted by every bounty hunter on the planet, far and wide. As he ends up completely surrounded in front of his ship, Grief Karga shows up, putting his hand on his holster, and tells the Mando to put the child down and to walk away. They face off for a minute until the Mando puts the baby down in a freight carrier driven by a droid, as he blasts at them while he's moving towards his ship until Grief Karga shoots the droid and the Mando is stranded there while the bounty hunters gather around him. He kills a bunch of them, shoots his flamethrower, and disintegrates a bunch until his luck seems to be running out, where all of the Mandalorians of the Covert show up and save the day. This was a really epic scene. I mean, they're flying in, they're dropping in, they're leaping into battle. They blast them all away. They protect the Mando and the child, and the big one that he wrestled with earlier in the show over the Beskar, before, you know, they came to their senses tells him, get out of here. We'll hold them off. As the Mando tells him, what are you doing? Now you'll have to relocate the Covert. As the big one replies, this is the way. And the Mando responds, this is the way. As the Mandos were in hiding for a long time, our secrecy is our survival, and our survival is our strength. You remember that line? This line means a lot more now. The Mando escapes to his ship, where Grief Karga shows up hiding up the stairs, dropping down and pulling his blaster on the Mando, telling him he didn't want it to be this way. But then the Mando had to break the code. As the Mando thinks quickly and hits his part of the ship, emitting some steam, which I think was the frozen carbonite, Grief Karga is dusted by the smoke and can't see as he starts to fire. The Mando shoots a clean shot into Grief Karga's chest, and he flies out of the ship as he closes the doors and blasts off into the dawn of the sky. However, Grief Karga pulls the Beskar from his chest where he was shot, showing that he's still alive and fine. While a Mando flies next to him like Iron Man or Superman, which is a really funny Easter egg considering Jon Favreau directed Iron Man 2 and he's the visionary and writer behind this show, it was a nice little touch. He also had a huge, extensive role in the MCU, so when you see it, it makes sense. The Mandos salute each other as he flies out and Armando says to himself, I gotta get one of those, talking about the jetpack, which I hope is some foreshadowing. That was literally one of my biggest reasons I loved Boba Fett as a kid, because of the jetpack. I thought it was so cool to just fly around with one. Anyways, the Mando rises up through the atmosphere of the planet into space and blasts off into hyperspace with the child. End credits. Okay, so what I want to know is who is the boss of the client when Dr. Pershing says he wanted it alive, and what was it that they needed to extract from the child only to discard of it after? Was it the Force? Was it a weapon? Was it a device of some sorts? And who is higher than the client? I mean, Clearly, the chain of command just keeps going up and up here. What will happen to the Mando now that the remnants of the Empire are going to be activating all the fobs in order to get all the bounty hunters far and wide onto him to recover the child? Will Baby Yoda show his powers more in the next episode? I think all of these things are going to happen in due time to the point where maybe the Mando will go head-to-head with all of these guys and try to wipe them out. At some point, we're eventually going to meet Cara Dune, who I think is going to be a really cool character. Now, whether that's, you know, the next season or the one after that, I don't really know. But I do know that it's extremely addictive watching these episodes. It feels like I'm watching kind of the original trilogy again, mixed with some cowboy themes. And I just think it's really great. I'm really happy this is happening. It's an awesome bit that's been added to the Star Wars timeline. Now, as for those wondering what Beskar is, well, it's a very, very rare material for Mandalorians that was native to the planet of Mandalore before the Great Purge. I'll make a video more in detail about what Beskar is, for your convenience, for those who want to know. I hope you enjoyed this breakdown video. Throw a like if you did, and I'll catch you in the next one. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you, always. Now, for-